Money Matters on Future Radio, supported by the Aviva Foundation. On this week's Money Matters, we're continuing our look at issues that have affected you over the course of the cost of living crisis. And if you've been struggling with the prices of energy over the last few months, uh, this might be of interest to you. Today we're speaking to Rick Martin, who's the Chief Executive of Community Action Norfolk. Uh, Good afternoon to you, Rick. Good afternoon. So uh, let, let's start with some, some obvious questions. I mean, the Community Action Norfolk, tell us a little bit about what that is and what it does. Okay. Um, we're an organisation that supports other charities and communities across Norfolk. Um, there's a, a similar organisation to us in every county in the country, more or less. Um, so we spend a lot of time helping people with funding, identifying village halls that need a bit of support. But we also work very closely with communities. So we do things like we manage the social isolation program for Breckland and North Norfolk. Um, we manage a oil bulk buying scheme. Um, we've been involved in a whole range of projects around health. So we, we, we're quite well involved in a whole range of issues and we support a whole range of different organisations as well. So how are you funded? Oh, lots of different ways. So some of our funding, obviously, is grant funding as a charity ourselves. Um, we tend to have to do that. Some of it is because we take a certain amount of profit from some of the things that we do. So, for instance, our bulk buying scheme, we make a, we make a 0.01p type of profit on, on, on that to help support uh, community work. We get some money through things like DEFRA, who provide us with a small grant to uh, provide intelligence on what's happening around the, the um, east of England. Um, so it's a range, it's a range of things, um, and we have to kind of balance that over the year. So I, m- I mentioned in the introduction there about the, the cost of living crisis. So, so how do we, this, this is a sort of phrase which suddenly appeared during COVID, really. So, I mean, how did we get here? I think there's been a cost of living crisis for quite some time, probably even before COVID, to be honest. We, we as an organisation, have been delivering um, support for things like um, how to manage your energy for about 12 years. Um, and obviously the need for that has been there because we've never had a shortage of people coming forward to do those sessions. It's certainly been exacerbated by COVID and then by the following uh, year of of war in the Ukraine and all the impacts that that's had and the inflationary costs, etc. But I think we've had that problem for a while. We've had a very high level of fuel poverty in this country for many, many years. Um, it hasn't been getting any better. So I think there's always been an undercurrent of that. Um, it's it's certainly worse now. and We certainly see a lot more um, people impacted by it and a lot more people affected by it in, in ways that we hadn't necessarily seen before. But it's not new. And you mentioned that you, uh, you you buy oil in bulk. How does that work, and who who's that for? Yeah, we run a we run a scheme called Thinking Fuel. We've been running it for about ten years now. It's effectively a partnership with uh, Angry Farmers or AF Affinity, in fact, where um, instead of being if you're in a center, if you use oil as your heating supply, and a lot of places do, um, people used to be in a syndicate and they used to being able to chase all the different oil companies to work out what the cheapest rate might be for that month. Well, we got together with Affinity to create a system that allows um, individuals to not have to do the chasing because Affinity buy lots and lots of oil all the time. They already have a great price. So you can ring them at any time. And we have about 3,000 members, of which about 1,200 are active at any one time. Um, and they can buy their oil at a reduced, uh, re- well, at a reasonably, rate, a reasonly um, good rate um, at any time they want to. 
And this is heating oil we're talking about, then, is it? Heating oil, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, how many people I mean, in, in Norfolk, in a place like Norfolk, I would imagine there's, there's probably quite a lot of people who rely on oil for heating. Yeah, absolutely. Something like 60% of Norfolk is, is not on mains gas. Um, and obviously, if you're living in the more rural communities, oil is often the only way that you can heat your home because electricity probably isn't the most effective way to do it. So there's quite a few people who do rely on oil. They tend to be in the more rural areas and less and less in, in the more urban areas. Um, but it's certainly um, a lot of people who do. That that oil and gas, uh, LPG gas, as opposed to being on, on sort of North Sea gas, as it were. And how how are the prices at the moment? I mean, are they fluctuating? Are they coming down slowly? Or they have been coming down slowly. They have been fluctuating quite a lot. In fact, one of the problems with the with uh, oil generally is that it's costed on the day. It's not kind of like regulated in the same way electricity and gas prices are. So it's very difficult to put a price on it. Um, and so it has been it has been high for some time, and it has now started to come down. I don't know what the day rate is at the moment, but it, it's probably started to steady off quite a bit. Um, but as I said, the advantage of a scheme like, like ours is that anybody can join. It's free to join. It doesn't cost you anything, and you can still do the chasing around if you want to. But it does give you direct access to a supplier that uses lots of other suppliers in the area. So if people are interested in that, how, how can they get involved in that? How can they sign up? Oh, um, you can go on our website, which is Community Action Norfolk, and just look for Thinking Fuel, and it will give you a, uh, an application form to join. As I said, it's free to do so. Oh, um, hi, Rick. This is Cathy here. Um, hi. A lot of people have been put on prepayment meters for their electricity. And what's the difference mm-hmm. between using a prepayment meter and paying your bills via direct debit, for example? Right. Um, well, paying your, paying your uh, bills by direct debit, gives you a certain amount of discount, and it also makes it uh, kind of easier to manage your money. Um, but not everybody can do that. And have, the trouble with a prepayment meter is that you have to physically pay in advance for your electricity, usually mm-hmm. on a card of some description. You don't get the discounts that you would necessarily get, which is why it always seems a little bit more expensive. Um, and it so it, it has some, some restrictions. In theory, the price should be the same, but without the additional... Uh, advantages that paying by direct debit gives you it feels and seems more expensive yeah and also i know that there was uh things in the news about people being forced to have prepayment meters where are we with all this at the moment well they made a commitment that they're going to stop doing that okay. um, a lot of uh, <laughs> whether, whether that happens or not i'm not entirely sure but yeah there was such a number a large number of, of cases of that happening that um the government intervened and said well, we really can't allow that to keep going and, and most of the firms seem to have agreed that, that they won't um, force people to have prepayment meters. They haven't said they won't do it to anybody ever, but um, they have said they will reduce that as a practice because it did seem like a bit of a bullying technique mm. to me. Um, and are there so ways... That, sorry, I was just going to ask... say, so hopefully that's stopped. Well, I hope so, but I, I was just wondering that if you are put into that situation, are there ways to deny your energy supply from installing it? Um... You can certainly you can certainly make a request. You can go back to your energy company and say, "Can you explain why this is happening?" You can. There are. Um, you can go back to um, the regulatory bodies and say you're not happy with that, and you want to know if there's a, if there's anything that can be done. So you can go back to Ofcom. Um, the difficulty, of course, is they have the power to do it, and mm. um, I think what really challenged people was the fact that they have the right to come in your home and do it, whether you want them there or not. 
Money Matters on Future Radio, supported by the Aviva Foundation. And this morning we're talking to Rick Martin, who's the Chief Executive of Community Action Norfolk. Uh, Rick, uh, we, we talked a bit there about prepayment uh, meters and uh, awesome. some of the disadvantages. Um, however, you know, once you've paid for it, you've paid for it, you've got your, your fuel. What about people who are perhaps not on a prepay meter, but find that they're in difficulty paying it, can't afford to pay what they owe? Well, the problem with um, people who can't afford to pay what they owe, this is where, where a lot of the prepayment meters come in because the um, energy companies have the right to come back and say, well, you owe us money and the only way we can collect it is to give you a prepayment meter. But before you get to that stage, um, there are a couple of things that really you must do. If you're beginning to find it difficult to pay, you must contact your energy supplier first because that's the start of a conversation that might, might see your bills reduced or a, a, play, a payment plan introduced. Um, there are... Um, a number of support mechanisms in place. I mean, none of them pay huge amounts of money out, but there are areas of, uh, that you can go to to get a bit of extra help. So you could, for instance, contact the Norfolk Assistance Scheme, which is a uh, Norfolk County Council run. Um, you can contact Citizens Advice as well, and they will give you a range of different options around what financially what uh, additional support is in place. I would suggest that people who are in the position of vulnerability, they have uh, maybe they're on benefits or they're struggling to pay, should consider all of the financial options that are available. So warm home discount, for instance, which is a, uh, a payment that the government gives to people who are on benefits, but can also be applied for by people who are um, just uh, in a vulnerable position and you have to apply directly to the uh, energy company in that particular instance. Um, so there's a range of, like, I guess you'd call them support mechanisms in place. Um, unfortunately, none of them offer huge amounts of funding to support people, but they are all options. And I guess the other thing is that, that is to start considering how to start saving money. Um, and, and now's a good time to do it, because right now what happens, we've noticed over the years, is people get to the summer and they stop worrying about the heating. And heating seems to focus your mind on, on energy in particular. Um, so they abandon all the things they were doing to save their electricity. Um, but actually, there are many things that are not, nothing to do with heating that you can do that, that are just good habits to get into um, and to make a big difference. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it does seem a bit strange to talk about these sort of things it was, as we're getting close to sort of June and in midsummer. But the, the, the government have now stopped or they're, they're stopping the um, the fuel cap or the fuel cap has gone up, and they're, but they're not going to give us the payment anymore because it was something like £60 a month or £40 a month or whatever it was. Yeah. To help to... Well, so how, how did that work and what's going to happen? Well, they're reducing the cap. I mean, the cap originally was uh, three and a half thousand, something like that. And in July, it will come back down to two thousand and I think it's uh, two thousand seventy-four pounds. Mm. Um, the thing with the cap is that it it doesn't actually mean that you only pay less than two thousand seventy-four pounds if you have high electricity usage. You could still pay more, but it it puts a limit on how much energy companies can charge you for the electricity that they that they supply. Um, so under the under their new cap, for instance, um, they can only charge you um, something like 34 pence per kilowatt hour for your electricity, which is still double what it was before before the crisis. But as I said, they also gave us a, a sort of a grant, didn't they? That that, that sort of a, it, was, it, it felt like a discount on your energy bill, and that's coming to an end. Pound. Yeah, and yeah, is that, that that's now finished. So will that? 
pretty much for most people sort of just even out we're, we're going to see little change in our bills apart from well, seasonal I think, I think we will see that yeah i mean i mean i think it will level out i think what we'll start to see is that high fuel bills are a matter of course forever now well not forever maybe maybe for the, certainly for the next four or five years um I think you'd only have to look at the amount of profit some of these energy companies are making right now on the back of this to see why they would be very, very keen to keep it all going as it is. So what other ways can people help to plan for the winter? I I think there are a couple of things that you can do. Um, There are a number of kind of ways to save energy, obviously. And if if you can save energy through the summer, you have more left to spend in the winter uh, when you, when you have that need. And, Thinking, just thinking about some of the bigger items in your house that you could use in a different way. So don't don't use your dishwasher, for instance, if you've got one, unless it's full and you're on eco. It's actually cheaper to do it by hand in, in any other situation. Using your washing machine on cooler temperatures and doing it out of peak times. Um, using using different kitchen appliances. I mean, there's been a lot of fuss and press about you, people using, um, you know, the difference between using your oven and a microwave oven to cook a baked potato, for instance. But the difference is actually quite incredible. You know, you can do a bake, bake a potato in a microwave oven and it takes about seven or eight minutes of a small one. Um, you put that in an oven and it probably costs five times as much to cook. So, so there are lots of things that you can do to start reducing it. Just understanding how your energy is calculated is probably one of the best things you can do. Understanding what a kilowatt hour is. We hear that phrase, oh, you know, you're currently being charged 35p per kilowatt hour. But just knowing what that means can help you to understand how to reduce some of your energy costs straight away. And I suppose general advice is don't worry about these things. If you feel as though you may be getting into a difficulty, talk to somebody. Absolutely, yes. That's the first step. Always talk to particularly your energy supplier, but also uh, go seek advice through Citizens Advice or any of the other advice agencies that are around the county. Age UK offers, offers support as well. Um, but don't do it in silence. Um, and the other thing is, is not to worry about the small things. We, we often talk to people and they will be fretting because, oh, my, my wife's had the fairy lights on in the garden and she won't turn them off. That, that costs pennies. Um, whereas a shower costs a huge amount of money and people often will fret, fret over the light bulbs and not and forget how much it costs to run a shower so just cutting down the shower for you know by two minutes per shower can make a huge saving turning off a light bulb probably makes a pennies saving rick it's really interesting if people want to know more about uh, community action norfolk where, where can they get information uh, the easiest way is to go to our, i'll go to our website which is communityactionnorfolk.org.uk um but any, any, anyone who wants to contact us can just ring into the office and, and, and access information uh, from any of, our, any of our team. There's about 10 of us, usually at least five or six of us in the office. Brilliant. Uh, Rick Martin, thank you very much for, for taking the time out to talk to us today. That's Rick Martin, Chief Executive of Community Action Norfolk. Money Matters on Future Radio, supported by the Aviva Foundation.